Okay, well, I, uh, University of Hyogo uh, people, uh, thank you for having me here today. And uh, my presentation is on the syncretism chapter in A Passion for Japan. So syncretism is a mixing of religions. And I'll go right to the outline of the presentation. So I would like to talk about the things that were left out of a chapter. Yeah, because even though it's a long chapter, but still there's so much that is not in the in the chapter, and then you can enjoy all the you know exciting things like in the chapter when you when you uh, read it. Uh, if, I hope you can uh, read the chapter, and then a uh, you know ask me any questions about these uh, topics, which are were similar to the sections of the chapter, you know, but the contents is a little different in my presentation. So, uh, so I, uh, I was trying to like I think more you know, deeply of how I got to, you know, specialize in, in Japan in graduate school. So it uh, it goes way back, uh, but uh, uh, so I developed a passion for uh, Asian religions, and um, so I was in Boston and uh, uh, studying the physics and philosophy at the Northeastern University. Uh, I'm not sure if studying is the right word, you know, but the, a, a lot of the, the bookstores were starting to sell, you know, like a books about, uh, you know, Eastern thought and, you know, Asian uh, religions. And uh, I would read like authors like uh, Hermann Hesse. Uh, I read his novels and uh, Especially, you got the Siddhartha, the novel about uh, the Buddha. Um, I was really struck by it, of course, uh, at the time. But uh, uh, he had like the stages of the spiritual life, and I seemed to be going backwards in all my life and going in reverse order, you know, in the stages. Like I started out as the ferryman, and then I moved to studying about religion, like academically and then becoming a baseball player and having a family and uh, working a job, which is the longest uh, stage and which I was still still in. So I don't know if I ever will go back to the stage of the ferryman again. And uh, of course I enjoyed like the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, like a date course to, uh, to go to enjoy. And uh, especially it was uh, struck by the like Egyptian section and the Japanese section with the beautiful like uh, statues of like a Buddhas and uh, Bodhisattvas. So uh, I tended to, uh, to move around a lot. Uh, I, so I grew up also around San Francisco and uh, before it was uh, Silicon Valley, uh, unfortunately. And um, so I, uh, one place I ended up was at, at, around Ta Taos, New Mexico. And uh, so they had uh, like the, the Taos Pueblo. It was uh, very famous for like the, the spiritual life of uh, Native uh, Americans. And I was even uh, invited into the Pueblo and was able to like to eat uh, like a multicolored like uh, Indian corn. And I so even then I would like a Japanese. I was saying no, no. Like I feel like a guilty and. And then they said, you oh, know, but go ahead. And then so I did eat it and it was so delicious, like right out of fresh out of the adobe oven. 
And but the, the, the reason I went there was it was a sort of my first pilgrimage. So I was only about to, to 21. Yeah, but uh, uh, my destination was uh, the Lama Foundation, like on a mountaintop, like above uh, Taos, uh, New Mexico. And uh, uh, the, the founder of the Lama Foundation was like a Barbara Durkee. And I remember she, she trusted me to babysit with her children or babysit her daughters. And then just, uh, just today or yesterday, right, looking up in Wikipedia, I, I found out that, uh, that her brother was my physics teacher in Boston. And uh, so well, that would have uh, you know, been another, another link. Uh, so I, I, maybe I had another hint. Or there was a, a woman named uh, Berkeley there and she was engaged to uh, the guy and they said oh, oh that's my physics teacher like a Hans von Riesen in uh, Boston um, and then later I met Berkeley in Berkeley yeah, but uh, that the Lama Foundation was a place where uh, where Ramdas uh, so did the kind of the developing ideas for the the, the book uh, Be Here Now like a, a best-selling uh, book uh, at the time. And uh, so uh, actually I didn't know that uh, about that, but uh, when, I, when I arrived as a pilgrim you know, at uh, the Lama Foundation, so I thought, you know, I, we could, I could do like a Tibetan yoga or, or um, you know, meditation there, yeah, but, it, but it was actually a different uh, uh, different things. It's a llama with a name of the mountain in Spanish. Uh, and or the mountain range is Sangre de Cristo, the blood of Christ uh, mountain range. And uh, so when I arrived was just when uh, after the, the book The Be Here Now came out. And, and so I was there then, I could say. And I was able to hang around with uh, with uh, Ram Dass and uh, uh, Allen Ginsberg uh, a little, and then I met them later separately in uh, Hawaii uh, uh, also. And so it was a uh, Ram Dass was uh, just uh, a pretty like an orthodox, like a Hindu Swami or or the guru, you know, type of uh, person. And uh, Allen Ginsberg was uh, either a Zen master or someone with no inhibitions. So I'll say no more, but. Um, and so then another person that uh, I was able to meet, uh, so when I was, I think, well, earlier I could read like the books by uh, Alan Watts. And then so he wrote about, well, about like a Zen, a Satori experience and things like this. And he also wrote about uh, visiting Japan. And so what he wrote about uh, like a Kamakura and Kyoto is, is the, the same as I've experienced. And he said, like, you want to see what's around the next corner and you go, but eventually all the, the roads lead back to suburbia. And that's so true when you walk around Kamakura or, or uh, Kyoto um, even now. And uh, I happened to, to meet uh, Alan Watts and was able to get his advice in San Francisco. And then at a later, at later time, and, was, and uh, so one more person that I I met in the U.S. before coming to Japan was uh, Edwin O. Reischauer. And uh, so I went to a conference uh, with my uh, a good Okinawan friend, and uh, 
It was really funny. I just recalled uh, yesterday or today that uh, that my friend brought his baseball, that, and he and he said to uh, Edwin O'Reishauer, "This is a ball that you you signed for for me in Okinawa when I was a child." And he said, "Oh, I remember that." <laughs> so, and uh, so in my chapter, I write a little about how that he encouraged me to uh, study Japanese. So I, I pretty much uh, decided uh, uh, already. But that was uh, before the Japan booms and uh, all that. And so Japan was uh, not well, well known. And uh, so I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, but because I specialize in Japan, then I don't feel I had like a culture shock. But I was just, just so excited to, uh, to be in Japan you know, for months. And uh, and so in Japan, actually, the first place I lived was uh, the Hiroshima. And one time, I just uh, went to the Hiroshima Peace Park, and I ran into uh, the Dalai Lama. And, uh, and so, we just kind of spontaneously, I just uh, I made like a kind of a Sanskrit greeting to uh, to the His Holiness, uh, just to saying uh, like to hail to the Buddha's Dharma. And then there was, well, one more uh, person. I, I met all those people, but uh, I didn't meet uh, Donald Keene, but I went to a lecture of his like, in Japanese, like in Matsuyama. And uh, I, I was really not very impressed either by his Japanese speaking or you know, what he said. And so you can ask me about it later. I don't want to spend you know, uh, a lot of time, but then when when then people in Shikoku would say, when I living, I was living there, that you know you are the Donald Keene of Shikoku, then that, uh, it it really didn't get me too very excited. Okay, so the um, so about like what got me to uh, to come to Japan or specialize in Japan, it, it, I think it was not so much all the things that I studied, but it was uh, Japanese people I knew, and uh, in uh, Hawaii. Uh, most of my friends were uh, Okinawans or other Japanese uh, uh, Americans. And so I think it's because of them that I thought, you know, hey, I like these people. And uh, if I go to Japan, wow, all the Japanese people I can, uh, I can meet. And so that, so I, I was very glad that, uh, that I did. Okay, now moving to the, to I have some photos there. Because you live in Japan, they're maybe not so, not so interesting to uh, see the, the photos, but uh, I was living in, uh, you know, Kagawa Prefecture, Takamatsu uh, City, and, uh, and on the right side is, a, is a, a completion scroll for the pilgrimage of Shikoku. And uh, you can see how very large it is, and they get the stamp from each of the 88 uh, temples to uh, complete the tour, you know, after going around 1,200 kilometers. And on the left side, it's just a uh, kind of a, a thematic uh, idea that I was welcomed to, uh, uh, you know, research the pilgrimage. You know, e even, the, even the bird, you know, welcomed me to uh, the mountaintop uh, the temple uh, on Shikoku. And then uh, on the, the next uh, pictures of Shikoku daily life. So on the, the upper left, uh, the picture, uh, I, I would rather that my you know, brother and, uh, and uh, younger son were not in the picture because I wanted to show 
uh, the background was uh, kind of the view that we had uh, from our house. So the, uh, as you can see, there's stepped rice fields, uh, bamboo forests, and the beautiful mountains in the, in the background. So that was kind of the view from our, our neighborhood. And uh, so I, I enjoyed that sort of uh, environment. And on the right side is, uh, is, uh, is me uh, just, uh, just before I hit a home run in a, a baseball, some kind of league uh, a game. And uh, on the uh, bottom left is uh, my, my sons when they were in uh, elementary school. So they had these like a karate lessons, but you can see they were just playing. So, so sometimes I tell, tell my sons, you're just like the Hanshin Tigers. You just play, 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 play. You know, so it's a wonder that they, you know, have become so successful. So my younger son is a sound director in the entertainment industry. And their older son is a, is a you know, very high, uh, salary and he's in the digital transformation and becoming a, a kacho in one of Japan's most successful global companies. So he's on the same floor as uh, Japan's richest man, you know, uh, to give a hint. So that's about uh, my sons and about, uh, let's see. Yeah, so about uh, uh, playing baseball, so I have a section in the chapter about how it helped me, you know, gain a fluency in Japanese and it helped me uh, like a, a culturation, you know, because so they're very, you know, they're out in the countryside, really tough guys, you know, that they played baseball with, like a, kind of some semi-pro players and, and things. And I uh, also learned a little Japanese. So for example, I'm playing first base and someone hits like a fly ball and I start to go chase the fly ball and they say, okay, okay. And so I say, oh, okay. So I come back <laughs> and, so, and then gradually figure out, you know, so that way, so it provides a kind of a scaffolding, you know, to the, the situation to, you know, to learn uh, Japanese. And also funny uh, what sometimes what umpires would say, you know, the, that usually if you if you're around uh, baseball or anything in japan you know that uh, the japanese people always say and only that what is appropriate so they would say no more or no less you know than is suitable you know for the situation and that uh, normally you know uh, uh, an umpire would only say like ball strikes out or safe and and then they would say nothing else you know to uh, maintain objectivity but, but one time in, in a night game, it was like a fast a wind ball pitching. And, uh, and so a guy pitch, pitches me a fastball and I, I hit the ball like it was, it was so far into the, into the night, you know, way over the outfielders' heads. So even the umpire said, Sugoi. <laughs> so, really, so that was a really a rare, you know, departure for, you know, a Japanese, uh, you know, playing a role, you know, and getting out of the, the role. And uh, another time, a really exciting situation. So I love the challenge, the excitement of like being like the Yongban batter, batting uh, cleanup and on the many teams that I played. And uh, one, and uh, that I played like overhand baseball also, but the, the windmill pitching is really uh, t hard. 
because that if you watch like the Olympic Olympics, like where the Japanese women like a won the gold Olympic gold medal in softball, that kind of a windmill p pitching it was a, was a, what I faced, and so the so it was like three balls and two strikes and two outs and a couple of runners on base and my and my team was losing, and then so and so then the, the umpire said last goal. It means like a last pitch because you know three and two a full count, and so the guy pretty much had to bring had to bring the ball into the strike zone, you know, which I don't often uh, get, and uh, so again, uh, so I, I so I, I hit the ball. It was so the pitch was so fast from so close up, and then I I, I hit the ball so so hard that when the ball went over the center fielder's head, the ball was still on the way up. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so you get that was uh, my uh, batting stance that you can see on the right picture there. So I, I really have a uh, excuse me, but some of us get really passionate about baseball. Okay, the, uh, but about uh, about a few things about well, marriage and family life. So a funny thing, I'm writing writing the chapter. And so the editor, the editor John says, hey, look at this sentence here. You said it sounds like you're just saying like you have one wife. And uh, so it sounds like a poor English writing. But, but actually it's just that I'm so relieved that I could have just one and only one wife. You know? So that, that's actually the, in the background of you know, what's in the back of my, uh, back of my mind about, about that you know, with the kind of background that I have. That, uh, Probably is a, you know, better not to say. Is and another thing about uh, about my life at that time, or, or after 2004, I moved to Osaka and had another professorship, and uh, so I was teaching like a content-based uh, EFL, English as a foreign language, and uh, so in you know in the chapter I had no chance to uh, write about the kind of activities, of course, that I would do with students. Uh, but uh, one one activity was I did some project-based uh, learning. So over like two or three classes, students would build up to a kind of a group presentation. And so in one case, you know, the students are all really good at drawing. So and the students are creative also in Japan. So I so I had I harnessed their creativity and these uh, some activities and projects. And so one was an, an animal intercultural communication. So everyone draws their own animal, and then they act as the personality of that animal. So, for example, in one case, in one group, there was like a like a sheep and a lion and some other animal. And then, the, so the lion said to the sheep, "Oh, I'm going to eat you." And then, the, and then the sheep says, "No, eat Steve." <laughs> I say, "No." <laughs> and so that 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 was always a you know a fun. And then actually had a, kind of a, like an Academy Award ceremony at the end where the students would decide like who is like the best actor, best comedy, and the various uh, categories. And so that was always uh, enjoyable for everyone. And then uh, uh, I wrote uh, an article for like the My Share for the Language Teacher magazine about another uh, a project that I do, which is called like a jo job interview project. And so in this case, it's uh, it's very uh, practical for students. So students assimilate like uh, having a job interview. 
So one student is the interviewer, and then the other students in the group like are applying for the job. And uh, so with that, uh, you know, preparing over three classes. Uh, so again, this, the students have a really, uh, you know, a really enjoyable experience, but something useful for them like uh, in, the, in the future. And then, uh, I, so I did a lot of, uh, of uh, podcasting, which is like a recording, uh, recording people's voices and putting it on the internet. Sometimes call it like a spoken internet to go because you could take it off the internet and, and to go like listen while you're jogging or something without uh, being uh, online. You know, so from about uh, 2005. And, uh, and also, uh, I, ha I uh, you know, cultivated a concept like, uh, called like a student-generated content. You know, so the, the st student content uh, is, is uh, you know, becomes useful or pedagogically uh, useful, which is kind of a rare, you know, thing to, to happen so even now. And then, so my work with podcasting was discovered by the, the online learning consortium in the U.S. And then they designated that an effective practice in teaching English as a foreign language. Okay, well, so I won't say much about the last part then. Uh, so that, uh, so another thing was like intercultural communication and uh, bilingualism. So they're things that are a part of my everyday life and also classes that I teach. And uh, well, so just to show, I guess you'll have to read my, uh, my ch chapter. But the thing is that that, uh, that uh, kind of uh, art or the iconography that influences like how people see, you know, things in nature. So like when Hiroshige, you know, draws like a, the, the elephant's head mountain, it, 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 the real mountain doesn't look nearly so much like a, like an elephant, and so, and so I, uh, through that they could develop the idea of how they could turn this like a whole you know mountain range into a mandala. So uh, it's a kind of a long story, but so also in the left upper corner, so, so that you know it's a computer dying again, you know, as it swirls down and meets Kukai, you know, uh, at. Uh, at the temple there, so I guess can't go much into it. And so actually, I so I, I charted all different uh, you know relationships and all divinities uh, that were all converging on this mountain range around from Kompira-san to Zensuji, and I uh, found all that that that, that uh, all the major you know Asian religions were represented. And uh, plus, even like a uh, folk religious element, so Hinduism, you know, Buddhism, you know, uh, Taoism, and uh, Shinto, and uh, Japanese uh, Buddhism were all, you know, mixed uh, together. Okay, so well, uh, so well, that uh, so that was that's all. Unless you have uh, questions later, thank you very much.